Preface My parents' gift of extraordinary ordinariness. There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. Those only can comprehend it who practice it and experience it. Let us do it from a principle of love and because God would have us. Brother Lawrence. When Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. The family culture that nurtures us in our youth also cultivates in us a sense of ordinariness, perhaps even diminishment, concerning that upbringing. What's the big deal? Doesn't everyone think this way? My wife's family were sports fanatics. She was shocked to discover I had not once watched the annual Thanksgiving Day football game. Doesn't everyone? My parents taught us kids how to hear God. I simply assumed that everyone expected to hear God's voice in their lives. I once shared with a small group of men my story of the first time God spoke to me as a 10-year-old. One of the men pulled me aside and forcefully suggested that I never share that story again. He said that no one would believe it happened to such a young kid. Yet, when he himself was 10, this man knew every name of every starting player on every NBA basketball team. I would never have believed it until I met my wife's brothers. My parents practiced family devotions on us reluctant children. Every evening after dinner, they taught worship, Bible study, intercession, and hearing God. They revealed to us the meaning of a divine relationship. They shared stories of God speaking to them, and we read books about Christians called by God. My parents even conducted practical labs with us, how to see God in Scripture, how to brainstorm with God, and how to hear His voice when praying for others. To me, it just seems so ordinary, the way the Christian life is meant to be walked. I found, however, that hearing God is anything but normal for many believers. What my parents taught as ordinary is usually considered extraordinary, but it's meant to be ordinary. My parents taught us that we were redeemed in order to have a restored relationship with God, and the basis of every relationship is communication. God saved us to have a conversational relationship with Him. The temple curtain was torn in two so that we can connect with Him again. He calls to us. Walk with me. Why does God save us? In 2006, Christianity Today's managing editor published a list of the 20th century's top 50 books that shaped the evangelical world. His number one influential book was not written by C.S. Lewis, John Stott, or Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It wasn't even Kevin Taylor's The Living Bible, which was number six. The number one book was written by an author few of us have heard of, and yet it has influenced every single one of us. The book was written by Rosalind Rinker, and it was titled Prayer, Conversing with God. She introduced the Christian world to praying with conversational language. No more these, thous, and which arts, just everyday language. She revolutionized our prayer life with the simple declaration, quote, prayer is a dialogue between two persons who love each other. Ask believers what distinguishes Christianity from other religions, and many will answer 
Other religions are works-based. In Christianity, we are saved by grace. Buddha's last words were, strive without ceasing, but Christ's last words were, it is finished. At immeasurable cost, the cost of the cross, God himself entered into history and acted to save us. But save us for what? God saved us for more than good behavior and right thinking. For more, not less. The triune God, in whose image we are made, saved us to restore us to a relationship with himself. In the Garden of Eden, God once talked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in a conversational relationship with his beloved creatures. Then, then, through humanity's disobedience, a barrier of unrighteousness formed, and our relationship with God was broken. But God loved his creation, for God so loved the world, and he formed a plan to heal that relational breach. In that plan, Jesus saved us away from our sinfulness and saved us back into that conversational relationship with him. On the cross, the cry of Jesus, it is finished, also cries out to us, come walk with me. Jesus called his disciples with this simple invitation, come follow me. They immediately joined him on the road and began to walk with God. This is the call of God to every believer. Jesus invites us to walk with him. It is the invitation of a relational heart. I offer what I've been taught. In this book, I share what I've learned about conversing with God. It may seem the height of arrogance for any person to attempt to teach the world how to hear God. All I can say is, I'm passing on to others only what others have passed on to me. My parents bequeathed to me real gold. I want to pass their extraordinary treasure on to others. I only share what I've personally learned, practiced, and seen bear fruit. I can't share what I don't know. This book includes no chapters on visions or dreams. I don't get them, at least not the spiritual kind. But I have learned how to hear God in the conversations of ordinary life. Prayer is not a one-way street with us shouting petitions to God. And scripture is not a one-way street of God broadcasting his commands at us. Both prayer and scripture involve both hearing and speaking. We are participants, not spectators. Dancers on the floor, not observers at the tables. Actors on the stage, not onlookers in the theaters. We are involved in a divine dialogue. The words of Scripture overflow with the images of a relational God. We limit the infinite God when we restrict the way He wants to speak to us. I was taught to hear God's voice in Scripture, and I hope I can pass this on to you. I was also taught how to recognize that same voice when he speaks to me through friends, strangers, and in my drive time to work. I hope to pass that on to you as well. I offer my own experiences. I write this book primarily to teach how to have a conversation with God. Prayer, this, quote, dialogue between two persons who love each other, end quote, is close to God's heart. Many of us have low expectations for hearing God, yet in a crisis, almost all of us look to him for direction. Our problem is that the clarity of his personal words depend on our ability to recognize his voice. And that is hard to learn in a crisis. 
If we want to hear God's voice in the storm, let's first learn to hear his voice in the calm. Only in the last chapter do I write about how to recognize God's voice for guidance. The rest of the chapters address hearing him in the many and diverse methods and manners he speaks to us in ordinary life. Throughout the book, I share examples from my firsthand experiences of hearing God. I often preface these stories with declaimers such as, I thought I heard God say. However, since I don't begin each story with such a qualification, I'll add that general disclaimer here. When I say in this book that I heard God, I only mean to say, I think I heard him. Though I really do believe I heard him. Some Christians today believe that God no longer speaks out of sight of Scripture. I disagree. There are excellent arguments for the belief that God speaks directly and personally today. But I don't want to cloud the chapters with arguments. Instead, I've included an appendix that summarizes the common arguments against and the common arguments for the belief that God speaks directly today. I call that appendix Answers to the Arguments. Other Christians are turned off by the odd, eccentric behaviors of of some hearing believers who practice immoderate, crazy customs that don't square with the rest of Scripture. I think we need to address those excesses as well. I speak to those behaviors in the second appendix, questionable and excessive practices. To hear God, we need the help of His Holy Spirit. It is God Himself stirring His Spirit in us who enables us to recognize his still, small voice. It is God calling to us and our hearts responding to him that forms the foundation of our conversational relationship. My hope is that we will all learn to hear the voice of God in conversation, his spirit in ours, as we learn to walk with him. Sam.